You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 183 with Jesse Cole. Today, we're going to help you find your yellow tux. What? You don't have one. You're going to want to get one after this conversation. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on in your world, men of abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast. Today, we are going to have a freaking blast. We're going to help you find your yellow tux. You're going to learn about what that means in just a minute. And we are going to help you step outside of your comfort zone and get a little bit crazy. Because guys, if you want to stand out, and I know some of you don't want to stand out in a way of like, you don't want to stand out in New York and make a spectacle of yourself, or you don't want to stand out, of course, if you're in another country. And you're trying to kind of blend in, be kind of inconspicuous or, you know, just kind of enjoy yourself. I've been in locations where, trust me, I'm trying to blend in. Hell, I wore camouflage for 25 years. I know about not standing out and when it's time not to stand out and when it is time to stand out. And guys, I'm telling you right now, many of you want to improve your life. Many of you want to live an amazing life of abundance in family, faith, finances and fitness. Well, I'm telling you right now. You are not going to do that by being the status quo. The best way to improve your relationship is to do it on purpose and to stand out. Do something crazy. Do something you wouldn't normally do. Here's something crazy. I know you know what your spouse likes to do. Take her to do that. That might be something as crazy as a his and her mani-pedi or Going to get a massage together if you don't normally do that. Now that's something my wife and I normally do, so I wouldn't. That's nothing out of the out of the ordinary. But plan something. Take some time and plan something. If you want to raise at work, you got to stand out. You got to be the person that's stepping up. You know, I heard somebody say that when asked, many employers want employees who just come to work, do what they're told to do, and don't cause any drama. Here's the problem: those people don't get promoted. So don't be one of those people. The bottom line is this. You want to stand out. Now, maybe not as much as our feature guest today, Jesse. But let me tell you, Jesse wasn't always the man in the yellow tuxedo. And now he is. And look where he's at now. All right, guys, before I actually introduce our featured guest today, of course, I, you know, I want you to be abundant in your life today by paying it forward and sharing men of abundance with everyone you come in contact with. It's so easy to do. Just share the website, menofabundance.com. Share the link. Share the podcast from your app. There's the three little dots. Click on it. It says share. You can share it in a text message, email, on social media, whatever floats your boat. Just share Men of Abundance with others. Don't be stingy. Information is not power. Information is only power when it's shared. So share the information, share these conversations, and get ready to say you're welcome a lot. Because people are going to come back to you and say, thank you for introducing me to Men of Abundance and all of these amazing conversations. And of course, guys, you can get in on the conversation by going to menofabundance.com, click on the members only tab and get access to our closed Facebook community just for men in the Men of Abundance community. That's where we're continuing these conversations and having other conversations. 
All right, it's time for me to introduce our feature guest. Known as the P.T. Barnum of baseball, Jesse Cole is the founder of Fans First Entertainment and owner of the Savannah Bananas baseball team. The Savannah Bananas have sold out 32 straight games, have a wait list in the thousands for tickets, and have been featured nationally on MSNBC, CNN, and ESPN. Cole has turned the games into a circus with dancing players, the the Banana Pep Band, the Banana Nanas Senior Citizen Dance Team, the Banana Baby, and the famous breakdancing first base coach. Cole believes whatever is normal, do the exact opposite. He is a keynote speaker and author of Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. Cole is also the host of the Business Done Differently podcast. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Jesse Cole. Jesse, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Outstanding. I'm excited to be on your show. Man, I'm super excited. I feel like I already know you, man. Based on the information that I I looked at, I saw some of your videos, and we just had a little pre-talk during the pre-show here, Um, and we're just going to connect. This is going to be a fun conversation, brother. Oh, that's for sure. Let's do it. So where are you at in the world? So right now, I am in Tybee Island, which is right outside of Savannah, Georgia, where we have our main baseball team, the Savannah Bananas. So I'm sitting about 300, 300 yards from the beach right now. Man, that is beautiful. My son is actually in Georgia right now, um, down at Fort Stewart. Um, but I have not. I've been to Georgia. I've been to Atlanta, and I've been, you know, a couple other places in Georgia. Down, I did Airborne School down. I forget where the little town is at down in Fort Benning uh, okay. area. But um, yeah, I like that area. But I've never been to any of the islands out there. Yes, it's it's a small little island, only three miles long. But you know, my wife and I got a tiny little place here a few years ago, which has a funny story about it. But uh, we love it. It's a great place to you know have gratitude and abundance and everything. So we really enjoyed it. And obviously, you have that in Hawaii as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to we may get into that little story there, too. I like hearing those stories like that, how people end up where they're at. That's part of what I the conversation here on Men of Abundance. But speaking of gratitude, uh, what do you have to be grateful for today, Jesse? <laughs> and I love that question because back in 2016, um, I believe you had to start every day with gratitude. So I picked one word to focus on and the word was care. And so I decided every single day to write one thank you letter and to start the day with a thank you letter. I called it the thank you experiment. So I'm still doing that to this day. And obviously starting the day thinking about other people causes gratitude. But today I went for a run and I saw the most amazing sunrise I've ever seen. I actually stopped my run and took a picture. And, it, you know, that helps inspire me. And if I can start any day inspired, uh, there's no better way to start the day. So I have that gratitude for that sunrise I was able to see this morning. Man, I got to tell you, sunrise truly is my favorite part of the day. Everybody likes the sunset, but I love the sunrise because, one, it does have a little bit of a different hue to it, but it's the start of a brand new day, man. And it's just, there's so much potential that can happen, you know, between the sunrise and sunset. 100%. 100%. It's a new beginning. It's it's time to rock and roll. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say win the morning, win the day. And I saw that. I was like, oh, today's going to kill it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And it has been so far. So we're enjoying it. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you what, I'm intrigued to get the answer to this question right here, just knowing what I know about you thus far. And that is, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> you know, I think uh, energetic, uh, fun, um, a little crazy. You know, I wear a yellow tuxedo all the time. So people say I'm a little crazy. Um, and, you know, my word for the year is inspire. So I hope to inspire people. So, you know, I think fun, energy, hopefully inspirational and a little crazy. You combine that and, and that's me in a, in a ball right there. 
You are. And, and you have definitely inspired me because I try to be a little bit different. And even at work, I, you know, people call me crazy. I say thank you. You know, and, and I love it. I love to be different. I really do. But sometimes I see myself falling back a little bit back into that normalcy of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. They, they just suck me back in and just pull me back in. And I just got to push. It's hard to be crazy sometimes in this world, you know, because people try to beat you down for it. And that doesn't bother me in itself. But it's just um, I start kind of going back towards with the tide, you know. 100%. Well, it's so easy to fit in. You know, everyone you're taught that when you're in schools to fit in and, you know, do what everyone else is doing. But what I've learned is that normal gets normal results and you're really born to stand out. So I try to, when people zig, I try to zag. And, you know, that's brought a lot of success and it makes life more fun. If you're doing the same thing as everyone else, life gets pretty boring. So I enjoy going in a different direction. Yeah, it really does. Absolutely love that, man. I want to talk a little bit about, before we get into the kick in the gut moment, because um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just intrigued with that as well. As I always am. But you've got your website here. Find your yellow tux. Stand out. Be different. Find your purpose. I mean, that just says it all. That little, Those few little words just really says it all about what so many people, the guys that I follow, the circles that I'm in, these high-level thought leaders, entrepreneurs, regardless of their amount of income, their influence, all of that, all of these guys are basically doing the same thing, but you literally have it in your logo and your title and everything. How, where did that come from? You know, the trial. I mean, experiences, failures, discoveries. Um, you know, I started with at 23 years old running a baseball team that was the worst baseball team in the country. And we were failing. It was all about the baseball. And I realized we had to be about all the entertainment. So I started changing things and trying things because I was I was forced to. There was no money. The team had only 200 fans coming to the games. So I was like, you know, we got nothing to lose. And so literally at that point, we started making our games like a circus. You know, grandma beauty pageants. Our players were doing choreographed dances. I was getting in the dunk tank. It was an absolute circus. And at that point, really, it was about just creating my own path. And I realized it was so fun trying out all these different things. And, you know, I saw all my friends getting out of college and, you know, they were living in the corporate world and living nine to five. And they were making a lot more money than me, but they weren't happy. And I realized every day I was doing something different, something crazy, something that the media was like, are you really doing a salute to underwear night? Are you really doing a flatulence (laughs) fun night at your games? And and it created so much humor and fun that every day I felt alive. And my, my friends start saying, you're crazy. Why is your favorite day of the week Monday? And I'm like, I just love coming in and making something new happen. So as I was able to realize that, it was because I was being different. I was standing out. And then most importantly, you know, in, 20, in 2011, I saw the Simon Sinek video, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. And it's not what you do. It's not how you do. It's why you do it. And then that really changed everything for me. And I started realizing you know, there's a much bigger purpose to all this craziness at the ballpark. And that's where, you know, I can find your yellow tux and what makes you stand out really has come alive. There's several reasons why I like that so much. Number one is because I'm not the type of guy that I don't watch sports all year long. I can't, you know, just sit in front of a TV, especially by myself. Now, this is Super Bowl weekend, the day that we're, you know, the time that we're talking, recording this this conversation. And the only reason why I would go to a Super Bowl generally is just to hang out with the guys and just have a good time and, you know, the camaraderie and stuff. But the game doesn't really interest me a whole lot. But I got to say, I've been to a few minor league baseball games. I used to, I was in El Paso, we used to go quite often, mm-hmm. but they bore me to tears, man. <laughs> it's, and there's no way I could watch it on TV. I actually, believe it or not, I actually like watching, it's relaxing to watch golf. I think it's because of the greenery and everything. But yeah. to bring the showmanship and the whole thing about sports in general as a spectator, yeah, you want your team to win and all this stuff, but it's really a show. 
And when you go to a baseball game, for me anyway, I know that everybody doesn't feel this way, but it was always the kids are running around because they're bored and I'm chasing them around and all this stuff. I'm there to have fun, talk and drink beer, you know, type of thing. <laughs> but here you are, you put the, you just made a circus out of the whole thing. And from what I've seen so far, it really looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, we've been fortunate. You know, I was forced to. You know, when you come to a team and there's no money, there's no fans coming to, it was a necessity. We had mm -hmm. to reinvent ourselves. And fortunately for me, I've always been attracted by creating attention and doing things a little wild. Um, so I said, let's just go over the top. And that's kind of our whole premise of our business. You know, when I speak, I'm always talking, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And that's our whole premise. And literally, I mean, we have a break dancing first base coach now that in the middle of the game, he'll be given a signal and start doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk and on the field. I mean, we have a 30 piece pep band that plays Rocky music during the games. So we think about all these things to entertain. And it's because for myself, just like you, I realize that baseball, unfortunately to most people, is long, slow, and boring. And if that's it to most people, I was lucky to have that aha moment because we couldn't survive if we didn't change what we were doing. And so every day we're constantly trying to think, how can we make it even more fun? You know, when people say they don't like baseball, I say, perfect, you'll love our shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm good just for the show. Because yeah, exactly. you're pulling in a whole different audience, man, and you're bringing the kids along, you're making it family friendly. You get the mm -hmm. audience involved as well? Oh, jeez. I mean, just to give you an idea, today as we speak, we just hired the top cruise director uh, on the top cruise director voted top cruise director to now be our director of fun. So we're literally fortunate now to attract some of the people that are solely in entertainment to come join what we're doing to create that unbelievable show. And we hire dancers and singers and performers and improv people and theatrical. I mean, we're looking at gymnasts this year. So it's like, how can you put an actual full circus and then also have a baseball game potentially break out as well? So that's our whole mentality. And, you know, it's fortunately it's worked. I mean, right now, uh, you know, we sold out 32 straight games with the bananas and our wait list is in the thousands to get tickets. Mm. And to put this in context, while I'm saying this not to be boastful, we are the lowest level of baseball. There's major league, triple A, double A, single A, independent pro ball. Then there's also top level college. We're college summer baseball, yet there's a wait list in the thousands and scalpers coming to our games. It has nothing to do with the <laughs> baseball. It's because we've been able to realize we were being different, standing out, creating that attention. And uh, I, I'm just so happy to be part of the ride. And, you know, your show is about abundance. And for me, it's every day being around our people, our employees, and just having the time of our life. Every day we're bent over laughing over the ridiculous ideas we talk about. And I can't imagine what's a more fun job and better thing to be doing. Absolutely not. I cannot imagine. And what a job title that is, Director of Fun. Who, who does not want that job title? Man, I want that job title. That's freaking amazing, man. Yeah, well, we got thousands of applicants, and I was like, we're starting to get actors and like big time people from LA and comedians. I'm like, no baseball team is drawing this, and it's mm -hmm. because we started looking at it. We're not hiring for a baseball team. We're hiring for an entertainment company. And I tell every business, what business are you in? But what business are you really in? And we're not in the baseball business. No. And I think a lot of companies they're mistaken on what business they're really in. Yeah, yeah, you're in an entertainment business, if anything. How do you describe that? What business would you say you're in? 100% entertainment. Yeah. And you know what? While we've been fortunate to simplify the name of our company and simplify our mission, it's Fans First Entertainment. And our mission is Fans First, Entertain Always. And by simplifying it, our entire staff knows exactly what our mission is, exactly what we need to do. If we hire a part-time mm -hmm. staff member to work a game, we just say, Fans First, what does that mean to you? And they said, Take care of people. I go, Entertain Always, what does that mean to you? They said, Put on a show. And they know, and we simplified it. So it makes it really easy in the hiring process and the training process as well. 
Yeah, and absolutely. And we're going to get into this a little bit deeper here in just a minute right after the kick in the gut moment. But remember, <laughs> uh, remind me of this because I have a tendency to forget. But this can apply to any business out there. I mean, think about it, guys. Anytime you go to a restaurant, if you have an amazing experience in mediocre food or you go to another restaurant and have probably good food but terrible experience and terrible service, which which restaurant are you going to go back to? <laughs> so just think about that as we get into this. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, I really want to get into that kick in the gut moment. Um, change, the, change the mood here just a little bit probably. I don't know how deep we're going to get. But I bring up this kick in the gut moment because you're just a happy-go-lucky guy, and I know everything goes absolutely perfect for you every minute of the day. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that to get a little chuckle, but the fact yeah. of the matter is it doesn't. And what we do with that kick-in-the-gut moment is what really makes the difference in, in who we are as abundant leaders. So if you could, Jesse, share that kick-in-the-gut moment, kick moment with us right now and really make us feel that. Well, the, the easy answer is January fifteenth, two 2016. And it was 4.45 on a Friday, and we had just been with our Savannah team for four months, and we were failing. Literally, we sold one season ticket. We had six staff members, all millennials, 22, 23, 24 years old. And we got a call at 4.45 from one of our employees, and they said, we just overdrafted our account. We're completely out of money. Mm-hmm. And I literally, we, me and my wife and I were at our my best friend's wedding, and we sat there and didn't know what to do. We drove home that day, and she turned to me. She said, we have to sell our dream house and we have no other option. So we sold our house, we emptied out our savings account and we said, we got to go all in. And I remember coming down to where we are now in Tybee and this little house that we're in, it was on the market for over two years. No one wanted it. It was the grossest, nastiest house I've ever seen. And I remember walking in and saying, we will never, no way, no, we're not buying this, no. So we bought it because it was the only option we had. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we literally slept on an airbed and, you know, there were co- there was a cockroach on my face one night. There were ants. It was just the most toughest, toughest moment. And we were kicked in the gut because we were fo- we got, kind of got into the trap of just doing things the normal way and hoping that people would support us. And it was one of the toughest moments. And we challenged ourselves. You know what? We got to start focusing so much on our people, on our fans, and we got to create attention. And we put all that in together, and fortunately, we had that success. So uh, that was a moment that I'll never forget the day, that day, uh, the weeks leading up to it until we named the team the Savannah Bananas and started going all in on this fans first and entertainment experience, and most importantly, all in on our people. That's when it all changed. Wow, yeah. That, I couldn't, I mean, sold the dream house. That's a definitely a kick in the gut moment from an emotional level because Homes, you know, some people, it's just a home. It's just a place to live. But when it's that dream house, like you describe it, that's a kick in the gut moment when you got to give that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to give it up. And I think that's a great thing of leaders. You know, you always say, what are you sacrificing for other people? And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at that in like the last two or three years. You know, if you're not sacrificing as a leader, if you're not thinking on how you can help your people, then you're not a true leader. And so we look at that every day. Like, what are we doing to give back to our people? So uh, we have those moments regularly, um, you know, it, but I think it's it makes you stronger. We don't call it failure. We call it discovery. Yeah, absolutely. Discovery. It's a learning moment. You just got schooled. I mean, you can as long as you <laughs> take it and change it around. It, it is, you know, it's it was a failure, but at the same time, you learn from it, and that's the fact that if you don't learn from it, then if you don't take something away from it, like I just said the other day on one of my episodes, I think it was Pay It Forward Aloha Friday, where I was talking about, um, or you know, it was actually a comment that I made inside my Facebook group 
about, that I heard from a general, which is um, don't let any um, don't let any crisis go to waste. Mm. Learn from every yes. crisis. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So as we were talking about, let's bring it back up a little bit here. As we were talking <laughs> about, um, you know, before the kick in the gut moment there, uh, you were going to comment on my comment about, you know, the experience in anything. This can apply to any business what you're doing. Yeah, I think every single business is in the experience business and they're in the entertainment business. And how are you providing the most amazing experience for your customers? I think most people, they don't map the journey. You know, you need to love your customers more than you love your product. Most people, when they ask you, what do you do? You talk about your product. We do this, we do this, we do this. But you don't talk about your customers. And that's why we name the company Fans First Entertainment. We lead with the customers and we map that journey from the beginning. So you talked about a restaurant. I talk about this in my speeches. How many times do you go to a restaurant and no one's there to even thank you when you leave the restaurant? Mm. It's unbelievable to me. You know, you're going in, they don't even thank you. Or, you know, places like Walmart, they may have greeters, but the greeters don't even really acknowledge you or, th- or wave to you or thank you. You know, you got to be able to get that experience right from the beginning to the end. And the last impression makes a lasting impression. And I think a lot of companies don't get that right either. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing about that. It's got to be authentic. I go to this haircut place. It's a men's haircut place out here. It's called The Barbershop. And I walk in and everybody, even the person like when I'm the person that's cutting my hair, they all go, welcome to the barbershop. (laughs) And I'm like, that was weak as hell. And it was I'm worse. Thinking, yeah. It was it was worse. And I'm yeah. thinking, I know the manager has told them to welcome everybody that comes in the door. You know who should be welcoming everybody coming in the door? The receptionist, the person at the register, the person at that front desk. Look mm. up, look them in the eye and say, welcome to the barbershop mm. authentically. I don't want the person cutting my hair, being distracted, waiting for the door to open and nonchalantly it, say, welcome to the barbershop. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's so mechanical. It just doesn't make sense to me. But, but it's so simple, but companies aren't looking at every little detail. That first impression when they see on the website, you know, when people buy a ticket from us, we send like a crazy fun email, like you just made the best decision of your day. Congrats on your decision. We're running around the stadium. You were celebrating. You know, you can get all those touch points right. And, you know, we hired, we have a director of first impressions, a girl who's amazing. Her name's Kiki. And she gets up and, you know, shakes their hand or hugs them and offers them cookies and drinks. It's an easy touch, but people don't think about that. They're thinking about their sales and their revenue, and they're not thinking about impact. And that's all we talk about is what's the impact you're making on people's lives every day. And it's not about revenue and sales. Those will take care of itself if you Mm -hmm. focus on yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can go round and round about this whole conversation. <laughs> I mean, I can because I love it. I love I know when that's why I, I'm a huge Disney fan. Love, oh. love Disney World. And because we you know, you'll go to Universal and nothing against Universal. I love the rides and everything. But the experience is so different mm. because the energy and they're literally blocks away from each other well, a little bit further than that. But the point is. You can, they're they're both fun places to go, but the experience at a place like Disney where everybody is happy, everybody's having a good time, you're being catered to everywhere you go, it's the whole experience. And and you can give that experience and damn near any business at a hardware store. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. And, but it's got to be authentic. It really has to be authentic. Yeah. And you feel like you said, when you walk into Disney, you feel it, you just feel Mm -hmm. it. And and it's because of the amount of training. It's from the leadership. Mm -hmm. And they're constantly catching people doing things right. They're not catching people doing things wrong. The opposite of what most companies and they're recognizing and they're celebrating the small wins. I'm a big fan of Disney. I've connected with Lee Cockrell, who was the uh, chief of 
questions. Yeah, Lee was on my show and he said, you know, Jesse, we need more teachers and less bosses. And I think there's so many bosses and managers, but people out there that aren't teaching the Disney way. And, you know, it's so easy when you think about it, but it just, it takes time and it takes a commitment and it takes to stop looking at the dollars, but looking at the difference you're making in people's lives. So I know that sounds deep, but that's what we talk about in our company. And it's fun. Everyone in our company is millennials, literally 22 to 27 years old, but we have fun and we understand what matters most. And, you know, you talk about a life of abundance when you surround yourself with these people that are positive and just having fun. It's unbelievable contagious. And it, it happens with the customers. It happens with our vendors. It happens all the way throughout. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when I was thinking, saying that about Disney, I was thinking about Lee because I had heard him on another podcast. And this was a while ago. Um, really, really intriguing individual. I love his story as well. Um, but what he, you know, what they do over there at Disney is just truly amazing. Mm. So, man, what are some good news stories? What are some other good news stories about what you're doing with your with your speaking and your podcast? What kind of feedback are you getting from that? Oh, I've been very fortunate. You know, I, I love giving keynote speeches and, and I turn it into a show. And the same thing with the business done differently. I think everyone needs to know, and I book in the book I talk about this, if there's one word that actually you that describes you that you that you want to be known for to try to think about that and for me it's showman and you know a lot of people say you know you put on a show always so I think whatever I'm doing whether it's the business done differently podcast or my speeches it's not like a typical speech it's not a typical show I mean we have promotions I try to get people entertained we throw giveaways I get people dancing people are singing in the middle of a keynote speech because you want to make a different impression you want to make an impact so what's happened I you know I just gave another big keynote uh, yesterday and people are coming over laughing they said I laugh I cried and I was inspired. And I was like, if you can go through an emotional roller coaster during your speech, I, hopefully I'm, I'm achieving my goals in doing that. So uh, the good news is every day I keep it simple. My word for the year is inspire. If I can inspire one person to think differently, to stand out and find their purpose, that's a win for me. So fortunately, I'm having good news every day. And I'm not searching for these huge, big goals. I think, Wally, I think to think big is key. You know, obviously the great book, Magic of Thinking Big by David Schwartz. But I think sometimes you got to focus small and celebrate the small wins. And that really produces happiness. It's about the journey. It's not about the outcome. And for us, you know, that's fulfillment. So that's why I try to keep it simple. And every day I'm experiencing it, having fun, watching our people grow. I mean, 23-year-olds, 24-year-olds reading books every day, listening to podcasts and developing. That's very fulfilling as well. So I just gave you a wild answer with everything. But there's a lot of good news right now. You did. And I absolutely love it. I love every bit of it. Um, you know, enjoying the journey. And you said it's about the journey and not about the income. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because that's exactly where I come from, too. I just want to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, it's about the journey. It's not about the outcome in the sense that I feel so many people are focused on trying to get to this huge sales goal or selling this or doing this. But it's the little steps. It's the little things in between. So, you know, every day in our office, we're just trying to look at ways to recognize and celebrate every small win. And for us, that, that's that's how you win. That's how you win the long game. And, you know, you I was just wrote a piece the other day in baseball. I used to play. And every day you'd see you hear the coaches saying, hey, win this pitch win this at bat, you know, win the inning, and then you win the game. And I think everyone's so focused on, you know, winning the Super Bowl, you know, winning that huge outcome, but you got to focus on the little things and it makes it so much more enjoy, enjoy, enjoyable. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's one of the biggest things that I talk about here, men of abundance and just within the guys that I talk to is you really do have to enjoy the day, enjoy, enjoy every minute, every day, you know, do, do today because, I was the guy chasing after that six-figure income. Then I got that six-figure income, and I didn't even realize it. I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I'm earning a six-figure income, living on the beach, have a great family. 
still was chasing after something I still felt empty. And then I realized, you know, bring the whole thing in. Uh, thank God for my wife, because she's the one that's like, what the hell are you chasing, man? You know, type of thing. <laughs> exactly. And then I got, once I made that realization that I have all of this in, in the world, and I started living life and started enjoying every minute with my boys and with my wife, so much more started coming into my life that was already there. I just didn't yeah. see it because I had these blinders on. I just saw this six, seven figure income. Yeah, and you were focused. Was, yeah, 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 go ahead. No, I was just say that that's exactly what Sean Aker talks about in the happiness advantage. You know, he did this big study and a great TED talk about all these Harvard students that were just trying to keep to this next level, be number one in their class, you know, go to Harvard, do this. And they were unbelievably unhappy. And he found out that the happiest people that were happy first were the most successful and most productive. It's the opposite way of looking at it. People think if you get that six figure income like yourself, you'll be happier. No, you'll just set another goal to get to and you'll still keep chasing and keep chasing. But if you're happier, you'll actually start achieving all of those and you won't even be focused on it. And it's really tough to teach that. I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, it is definitely tough to teach that. The other reason why it's tough to teach that is because it's, people want something that they can quantify. Yeah. You know, they need something like, OK, I need to see my bank, my bank account grow or I need to see more customers coming in the door or something of that nature. It's hard to quantify happiness. <laughs> but the other stuff comes as a result of that. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, I wish there was a way. If there was a way to measure happiness and track that and leaders could see that, that would be pretty interesting. But it also could cause <laughs> it could cause the outcome search there, too. So but I'm with you 100 percent. I wish there was a way to track it. Yeah, absolutely. And I was trying to look. Oh, yeah, I do have Sean's book, um, The Happiness. Yeah, I have that book here. I was looking on my phone because uh, when you mentioned the title, I, I read that book, man, several years ago. Mm. And um, I got to get back into that because it does talk a little bit about measuring happiness in, in the book, just slightly, just try to kind of yeah. get a gauge of it. Excellent. But that's a good point. It's very hard to do that, especially in, you know, when you're trying to uh, convince guys of this, it's like, you know, most guys specifically are really just, uh, I need to see results. Well, what about mm. feeling them? How do you feel? <laughs> Look at your exactly. family. Look at the smile on your kid's face. Your yeah. wife, your wife is 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 much happier. You know, the whole bit. Every you're just going to work and feeling better. The whole thing just comes together. One hundred percent. Absolutely. So Jesse, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that, brother? Yeah, let's rock and roll. Yes. Outstanding. So share with our abundant leaders one to three actionable steps that they can take today. Just start, number one. Stop thinking, start doing. I think uh, there's paralysis by analysis, and a lot of times people try to think so much of what they should be doing. Just start. And I'll give you a personal example with that. It was about five, six months ago that I started just posting every day, whether it was a short one-minute boost video, whether it was a short article, a blog. I just started posting. And, you know, again, I didn't get great results right away because we was just starting. But after a while, people start responding to it. And what was great is I learned so much. You know, when I released the book, all of a sudden I started hearing people from Australia and Africa and people I never knew exist. And I'm sure you feel that as well with, with the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I just started. I didn't know exactly what I was doing. If you talk any successful person, I mean, Walt Disney was a huge mentor of me. And I've read all his books. And he did so many things in the beginning that were just completely crazy and people would say is wrong. But that's how you learn. So the first thing is just start stop thinking start doing and you know the second one you know it, it's tough for me because I believe in a few things pretty firmly about creating attention and attention beats marketing 1000% of the time I say it always but I'm gonna go two different directions I'm gonna say love your customers more than you love your product and number three love your employees more than you love your customers and to give practical mm -hmm. advice on that 
is again to think about your business and think what are you doing every day for your customers and not just focused on your product. Map your customer journey to make it the most amazing customer journey. When you do that, the money will take care of itself. But you can't achieve any of that if you don't love your employees even more than you love your customers. And everything we do, we focus is on our culture. It's not what your people can do for you, it's what you can do for your people. And that's kind of the big thing that I look at as a leader. And that brings me more joy helping our people develop and grow. So even if you're a small business, two people, three people, whatever, put your effort on them, focus on growing them and developing them, and everything else will take care of itself. So those are three, three things that I believe pretty firmly in. Man, that is some sound advice absolutely love that and i love that you brought up uh disney and doing things differently and i mean even there's so many other companies out there and people doing things that are so different that they were told don't do that it's not going to work look at fedex fedex mm. was a college project that he failed mm. right i mean um got a you know got a failure grade on that and then look somebody else that i know personally john lee dumas Mm. EO Fire. They told him, John, you're not going to be able to pull off seven episodes a, a, a week, man. It's just, are you crazy? And he is a little <laughs> bit crazy. And now look at him. He's he averages $150,000 a month doing this four <laughs> it, years in, almost five years in. It's amazing. If you're not being called crazy, you're playing it too safe. Yeah. You know, I think everyone needs to embrace crazy. And that's one of my favorite quotes from Walt Disney. It's kind of fun to do the impossible. And he always <laughs> had the goal to do the impossible. And he did it with movies. He did it with his theme parks. And that business is still doing unbelievably well 50 years after his death. And I'd yeah. like any company to look back and see how can you keep that culture and the success going that long after a founder's death? You probably can't find it. And that's a testament to Walt Disney's vision and getting a little crazy and thinking different. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just to prove a point in that, you know, um, Colonel Sanders did a great job with uh, KFC, but I haven't been to a KFC in years that was as good as it was back when I was growing up. Maybe my taste changed, but it's just not the same. But again, the, the testament to him, too, is he started at 65 years exactly. old. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Him and Dave you know, Thomas. Yeah, no matter what your age is, you still can start something new. And that's, you know, again, going back to the sunrise this morning and new beginnings, you know, whatever you're doing, you can start something new today, whether you're 60, 70 or 20. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Jesse? I'll never forget this, too. It was the first time I read The Miracle Morning by mm -hmm. Hal Elrod, and that changed everything for me. You know, I believe so many people today, you know, that they, they wake up, they press the snooze button, they look at their phone first, they watch the news, they don't start their days on purpose. Mm -hmm. And when I read that book by Miracle Morning, I, I started, started starting my day on purpose. And literally, I wake up, uh, the first thing I do is I start my day with gratitude. I write a thank you letter. I have it planned on who I'm going to write the day before. Then I read. I walk and read. I walk around my entire uh, house or outside if it's warm enough, read. Then I go for a long run. Could be anywhere between a 5K to a 10 mile. And then I write. And every single day, I read, run, and write and start with gratitude. And that's before my day begins. So I've already won the day. As Hal Elrod says, win the morning, win the day. And that has been unbelievable for me, the writing as far as clarity, the reading for learning, the running for my health, and then also the gratitude. So I've done that now for two or three years, and I'm, I'm never going to stop. So the thank you letter, you've mentioned that a couple of times. Explain that a little bit more. Do you, you actually, is that a physical letter? Do you actually send that out? Oh, yeah. It's a handwritten letter. And so 
this started when I read the book, The One Word by John Gordon. And it's proven that almost all New Year's resolutions fail, like 87% of New Year's resolutions fail. But he came up with the mantra to say, you know, just pick one word for the year, one word you focus on. So my wife and I started it back in 2015. And then in 2016, I said it was great, but I want to put something tangible behind it. I want to hold some accountability. So my word for 2016 was care. And I go, if I'm really going to care, I need to write one thank you letter every day. So I started it. I called it the thank you experiment. And it changed my life. Literally, I started writing to teachers, authors, you know, family members, friends, people from back in school when I was younger, um, people at restaurants, business owners, anyone that I interacted with that I really they made an impact. And I've never seen anything happen like what happened. I started getting all these responses and these relationships. My my high school sophomore teacher, my sophomore English teacher, wrote back a four-page letter on how much that letter meant to her. She said she's never felt that impact before. And it was just different things like that. So I've continued it. I've now written, I'm probably getting close to a thousand thank you letters. And uh, it's really changed my life. So, and I still do the one word, you know, every year, like I mentioned before, my word this year is inspire. And I think that's a great way to kind of look at your year with just one word. And our teams do it as well. Do you ever hand deliver the letter or do you just send it? How does that work? I send it. I like surprise and delight. <laughs> so I, I always try to send it. And that's one of, one of the biggest challenges, finding addresses. Yeah. Sometimes you can't find addresses. So I, I've probably sent a good amount that didn't get where it needed to go, but I still wrote the letter. <laughs> so I still felt the gratitude. But um, yeah, every day I, I send one out. Well, that adds to the experience and the and the whole gratitude because you're physically doing work that has to be done in order to mm-hmm. get that message heard. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing and you're feeling gratitude. You're looking for mm-hmm. it. So in, in your given day, I'm noticing things. If, if a restaurant did an amazing job, I'll write a letter to the owner of the restaurant. You know, you just try to look for it. Instead of look for the negativity in the world, you look for the positivity in the world. And that's been unbelievable as far as abundance, gratitude, and happiness. Excellent. Excellent. Wow, that's really cool. So Speaking of reading, we've talked quite a bit about many different books. You've mentioned several already. Uh, Miracle Morning, The One Word, your book, um, uh, Find Your Yellow Tux. What would you recommend to our abundant leaders to read and why? Or listen to, for that matter. I'm going to shift gears. I get asked this question a lot, and I almost always go with The Carpenter by John Gordon about love, serve, and care. But there's one that I just I keep coming back to, and that is Everybody Matters by Bob Chapman. And it's just such a great story about, you know, creating a culture like a family and treating everyone like a family. And I think that's not talked about in business as much. The word love is not used when it should be. So everybody matters is the gear. I'm going to shift here because that's really started to change every day how I look at our staff, look at our culture and look at what we're trying to build. Excellent. Yeah, that's one I haven't heard of yet. So I'm going to definitely look that up myself. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Uh, Self-doubt. I think uh, I think a lot of people have this doubt of what other people are thinking that they can't achieve things. I've personally gone through it. You know, the more you put yourself out there, you more fear that you have that you're not representing yourself well, you're not successful. So I think when people start thinking about, you know, why they're not successful, why they're not achieving things, having that doubt, that's what holds people back. And, you know, I've gone through that. <laughs> so uh, I just try to overcome it by, you know, being positive and being optimistic and in gratitude. Excellent. Love that answer and agree with it as well. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Jesse? Fulfillment. I think uh, the great quote that I opened my book with uh, from Tony Robbins, uh, success uh, without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. 
And I think uh, abundance, if, you have, if you're fulfilled every day, if you're around family and people that you love and you just feel unbelievably happy and satisfied when you go to bed every night, uh, what else could be more abundant than that? Yeah, absolutely. When you're adding value to other people's lives, you cannot help but feel fulfilled in itself. 100%. Yeah. So, brother, we're going to close this up. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to in, uh, ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? <laughs> well, I know I'm the crazy guy in the yellow tuxedo, so I always talk about being different and standing out and creating attention. But, you know, the one quote that I'm, I'm really happy that we share with our people all the time is be patient in what you want for yourself, but be impatient in how much you give to others. And that has guided us. And if I can leave the audience with that, just think about that in your given day and it'll change everything. Excellent. Absolutely love that. We are going to have findyouryellowtux.com linked up in the show notes. We're going to have the other stuff that we mentioned here, the books and whatnot. But how else would you like for our guys to find out more about what you're doing and get in contact with you? Yeah, Find Your Yellow Tux is great. But one challenge I give to all the listeners, is I think few people ask enough questions and they don't reach out. And so I'll challenge anybody that really, if they reach out to me, jesse at findyouryellowtux.com, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Facebook, I have the Yellow Tux page. You know, shoot me a question, shoot me anything I can help with, and I will respond. I'll never forget about five years ago when Mark Cuban, I sent him an email. He wrote back to me within two hours. And then a few years ago, I also wrote a thank you letter to Simon Sinek, and he called me. And the greatest leaders will respond and help people, but we just need to continue to ask questions. So feel free to reach out to me in any way, and I'll get right back to you. Yeah, I dig it. And that's exactly my experience, too. I've reached out to some very well-known men. Most of them have reached back, reached out to me, either to let me know at least, you know, hey, my schedule doesn't fit right now, can't, you know, be on your show. Uh, a couple have called. Guys, you will be amazed. So many people, I'm, I'm going to try not to get on my soapbox right here, but so <laughs> many people are are bamboozled into thinking that successful people are hoarders and they don't want anybody else to have what they got. But that is exactly the opposite. The true mm -hmm. leaders out there and the true abundant like Simon and many others, they really want to share their message and they want others to come along the journey with them. They really do. So yeah. don't be afraid to reach out, man. You're being you're being tricked into that one. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> All right, man. This has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to sharing this with all the guys out there and i'm looking forward to hearing the stories of the guys reaching out to you and uh getting some more information man thank you thank you for what you're doing and one of the greatest podcasts out there and because you're talking about something that's so important and i appreciate what you're doing and spreading the abundance gratitude and happiness to everyone i, I appreciate that i really do aloha all right, guys, that's all I got for you today. Before I let you go, I got to give a shout out to Jesse once more because he introduced me to Lee Cockrell. You heard us talk about Lee during our conversation, but he was generous enough to introduce me to Lee. Me and Lee had an amazing conversation. I truly appreciate that, Jesse. And uh, man, that means the world to me. You know what a Disney freak I am. And to have a conversation with a former executive vice president of operations of Disney World, Lee Cockrell, is just an amazing individual, regardless of all of that. But that just blew my mind, man. And uh, I look forward to sharing that conversation with all of you. Now go out there, get a little crazy, be a lot different, and live your life of abundance. And make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.